Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode here on Nerd Herder Podcast. I'm J-Dub. As there's been an awakening. It's boop. Yeah. It is boop. You What's wouldn't up? record in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> You've been awake for a while. I'm barely conscious. Uh, I keep going back and forth. Am I the Herd leader? Am I not? I know one thing. I'm J-Dub, and I love The Force Awakens. I love it, too. Good. It's a good movie. Otherwise, this would be a very awkward podcast. <laughs> it was our first Star Wars together. Okay, we're just dumping right in. Yes, Well, it how was. about that? Um, you talked about it on a stream recently, and, and so in case anyone didn't hear, first of all, shame on you for not being on our stream and supporting everything we do on this podcast. What is wrong with you? Um, but no, yeah, you talked about it uh, on a recent-ish episode where yeah. um, you brought up, like, what's your favorite Star Wars memory? And so, uh, yeah, you brought that up and, and again, effectively uh, brought up, like, my favorite thing because we, we, we're not really doing favorite things in this episode. We're just talking about no. The Force Awakens. So sit back and get comfy. Hold on to your butt if you must. Take but, your pants off. Uh, we're just talking about The Force Awakens. <laughs> so welcome. Um, if you've got opinions, definitely add us. But please, hopefully just the positive ones. Yes, please. Not that you can't have negatives and we're not just silencing. Just don't yell them at us. Yeah, we're not silencing opinions. It's just a matter of we choose to focus on the nice ones. Hence why we call this episode, we love The Force Awakens. Exactly. So, yes, it was our first Star Wars. It was our first Star Wars together in the winter of 2015? 14? 15? 15. 15, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can I sit, please? <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> it was the year that, yeah, it was 2015, wasn't it? Um... It was the year yes. that we got married, too. <laughs> yes! Um, I know! It's why it's unforgettable! <laughs> Take your sip, be a boy. I done did! Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the year that we got married uh, yes. was the same year that The Force Awakens came out. So it was yes. important to us, number one, for that reason. Uh, but also, it was the first time that I got to experience your full force of Star Wars love. Yeah. At once. I mean... We'd been together a couple of years by that point, um, by the time we got married. And so, yeah. obviously, it had come up and it had been a thing. I knew you were a fan. You had tried to make me watch The Clone Wars. Yeah, it was a lot of that, right? It was a lot of, hey, here's this cool thing. Hey, here's this cool thing. Hey, you want to watch this? Hey, check this out. Yeah. It was a lot of that, whereas, it was you know, my obviously, with, era. with a new Star Wars, it, was, it, it evolved into a, do you want to experience this? Yeah. With me for the first time. Like, I am experiencing this thing I know I love for the first time. Yeah. And you can be there with me. And, may, you know, and not that The Force Awakens was your Star Wars. I It definitely came later. But if not for The Force Awakens, it wouldn't have opened the door for mm -hmm. your favorite Star Wars or your Star Wars experience. I can tell you the exact moment that it became oh a Star Wars for me. Okay, you ready? You ready for I I because yes. I'm gonna tell you. Yes, I'm gonna tell them too. You're gonna about tell them this. because you bring this up all the time. But and I and okay, I, I, I know my shame. I love it so much, <laughs> though. It's one of my favorite memories because in we were sitting in the theater, and it goes quiet right before the opening crawl, and as soon as the music hit, you squeezed my hand so tight, <laughs> and I looked over and you were tearing up, and I was like, okay. This is it. Uh, yeah. I, I have, need to pay attention. I have a reputation for being uh, emotionally cold 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and just as an example, like I tell people all the time, like I can be a fun person. I can be yeah. a normal person and not necessarily be uh, healthier and well in touch with my emotions. And like I'm, Spock. I'm self-aware of this, right? I, I understand I have a propensity to be very cold and calculated um, while still cracking jokes. It's like it's not mutually exclusive. Yeah, so, which is why you have me, who is a crybaby. Uh, yeah, we're very balanced uh, in our relationship, and I'm grateful for that. And um, so, yeah, so for something to make me emotional, man, it has to hit deep. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. what deeper for me uh, than Star Wars, man? I have so many, and we've talked about this before, of so many memories and so much love for this fictional universe that has been created. Um, hence the meaning why we do this series. So um, before, <laughs> like I had this whole sort of intro. Yeah, um, sorry. Before we dove, I'm, it's fine. Go I'm ahead, glad baby. diving right in. But like uh, the reason we do these episodes in, in case anyone's new to it or has forgotten since it has been a while uh, is purely to focus on the positive and the love of these films, which for us is a lot. Yeah. Um, it it's not hard for us to be like we all right we complain a lot we have to come up with a good episode about these movies like no we love them we love them so much we love them so much that it makes up for anything that any normal person would be like meh that's not really mm -hmm. that great oh that's kind of a plot hole i don't care no it's star wars it's so good and so we created this series way back when we did uh it as uh 10 things we love about um, we did that mostly for our patrons, and that was way in the early days of Nerd Herder. And um, earlier this year, we decided to revisit that. Um, lots of things had changed. You had fully embraced The Phantom Menace as your favorite Star Wars. My favorite um, movie. And, I mean, just a lot of other things that happened. And obviously, by then, we had all of the films. We had The Rise of Skywalker as well. So what better time to revisit our love of these films Here's the thing. We're not checking in. It's no. not a, hey, do you love The Force Awakens now? Yeah. Hey, do you still love? Like, no, we know. And it's just an opportunity to talk about just that. Just like talking about it, man. Because so often, especially mm. on the internet and social media, uh, negatives abound. Uh, trolls abound. Toxic fandom uh, is everywhere. And so uh, not that we are a big and uh, loud podcast. Um, but as far as our voices will carry, we'll talk about the things we love, uh, specifically about Star Wars and uh, the lesser loved things. Mm -hmm. um, just because they're not everybody's favorite doesn't mean we're going to shy away from talking about them and trying not to convince you, but to try and bring you into an understanding. We, you know, so often we've talked about things like, hey, I love this thing that nobody likes. Yeah. And this is why. Just because. There's no way sometimes for us to fully share, this is why this is good and you should like it. Sometimes it's just, here's why I like it. So if you don't, that's fine. But just remember that I like it because of this. Exactly. You know? And so... Um, Dude, these movies came out at such a tumultuous, I will say, time for both of us. Yeah, perfect time. Perfect. Um, perfect time. Yeah. Um, we, they came out exactly when we needed them. Yeah. And uh, I mean, from when our, uh, you know, not when our relationship began, but really where, I mean, we had, in, you know, marriage is no joke. It's it you are entering a whole new kind of world mm -hmm. and doing life with someone like that. And so 
although we, yeah, had been a couple and very committed to each other, even still, we were going out on our own. This was our first year uh, living far and away from either of our families, doing our own real grown-up jobs and all this other stuff. And so, uh, yeah, the Force Awakens, yeah, we we had awoken. We had entered a whole new time in our lives. Yeah. Um, you and know, we were the, just learning how to be with each other, too. Yeah. And so I think every movie we can trace back to a time where it's just like, oh, that is exactly why I needed The Last Jedi that year. Oh, that is exactly why I needed The Rise of Skywalker this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I it and, and that's, again, why it's so special to us is because it means something specifically to us. Exactly. Because uh, we're the only ones that have lived our lives. And Star Wars has spoken to us in our lives particularly. And so, yeah, that's why, yeah, just that moment of, this is a new Star Wars. This is more Star Wars. This is more of something I love so much and means yeah. so much. Got got to me. And, um, you know, I, I love that moment so much. Like I said, it is one of my favorite memories of the two of us. But I it was definitely a feeling of, like, I, I felt the same thing when I opened up Tales from the Bounty Hunters. It was taking a step into a larger world. If I could steal a line from Obi-Wan. Yeah. It was, you know opening a door into something that would change my life for the better, I'll say. And, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get that sauce again, but you know what? I'm glad that we had it while we did. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, I don't think it could have been um, better encapsulated. It was just the right time and, and such a special time for yeah. us. So let's take our first steps into talking about uh, this. We don't oh. usually have too much of a plan with this other than we're going to talk about the things we enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. Um, I I kind of just, in my brain, having, we just rewatched it in, uh, before mm -hmm. recording this uh, for a good measure. Yeah. Uh, also, like, who's going to say no to watching a Star Wars Honestly. again? Um, and so it's kind of just in my brain of just like through just the watching film, like, a movie in our head. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> I, from beginning to end. Like I just uh, much like our uh, patron Nick, um, aka the Backyard Tardis on Twitter. Um, much like he mentioned it, you know, uh, the the introduction uh, of Ray in particular. But overall, I'd say the intro of this entire film. It's so good. So good, especially um, the line of "She's royalty to me." Which, right it always gets me yeah um well yeah it's just it's such a good intro for because this is 35 ish years after return of the jedi uh and after that film right mm -hmm. and so and it it's literally having to introduce itself mm -hmm. it's introducing new people to star wars uh it's uh, introducing its existence to old fans uh you know it has to justify itself and i think it does very well and justifying itself and setting up yeah. what we're dealing with here in the first, uh, you know, 15 totally. minutes. And upping the stakes. Like, we see yeah. Kylo Ren stop a blaster bolt, something that we have not seen. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, like, one of my biggest things um, in general, and, and especially after watching this again, it's I'm just like, they do <laughs> such a good job of making the First Order scary pretty instantly. Mm -hmm. Um you not know, technically, not really the Knights of Ren because they don't really do much. No, they, they look cool. They look cool, though. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, like 
instantly when you're like, wait, there's more stormtroopers. There's this pseudo empire. What is going mm-hmm. on? What is the, what, who are they? Like they justify themselves immediately with, oh, wait, they want to bring order to the galaxy and they can do it. Mm-hmm. Cause like they, they're, they are practical. They are tactical. They are fearsome. Like they, they are girl bosses. Yeah. It's not just barging in and shooting a few soldiers in yeah. a new hope. This is no, they, they, they ran genocide. Yeah. They were, well, no genocide. It's not I, a race. I, <laughs> well, I mean, they destroy a village. What what constitutes genocide? Destroying a race. Okay. <laughs> well, like destroy destroying a ge- genealogy. Okay. So what would what would be in this massacre? Uh, it's a yeah, massacre. So, there you go. Perfect. There you go. Um. Yeah. Like it literally just makes you instantly just like oh they they aren't really to be messed with and yeah. instantly they're more accurate and more um. Yep. They they do because a better job <laughs> than all stormtroopers of the original trilogy. Because we get a hint that they've been trained since they were children. Exactly. They took what was good about the clones and that they were well trained since childhood, although accelerated childhood. Yes. Um and applied that to stolen children um because you can't draft babies it turns out. You can. You can't just hang around the ward and be like, "Hey, would you like to serve your country? Would you like to serve your country?" He's not listening to me. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, like it. They learned from the best and worst of both the Republic and the Empire, yep. and I think that's so cool about what creates the the initial uh, introduction to the First Order. Is again, they they aren't just doing over what the Empire did. Uh, they're radical and legitimately believe in their cause. At yes. least the leadership does, right? Um, you know, Hux being a good representation of that. Very good representation. I think a lot of the officers and a lot of the leadership that guide the First Order obviously are the ones that really believe in the the, uh, principles and and, and, uh, system that Snoke has uh, somehow created. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but, uh, you know, the soldiers at least, although not willing participants, are at least good at what they do. Exactly. At least they're good stormtroopers. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like... They're talented. Can you remember a time in the original trilogy a stormtrooper did like a thing that was like, oh, highly <laughs> trained soldier here. No, but that dude, what with the... Uh, oh man, what is it called? The spinny boy. Uh, the spin. Oh, with the riot baton? Yes, in, in the, the riot baton, yeah. Yeah. That is so I mean, cool. Need you any other example of a good stormtrooper than literally? Not only does he have a weapon that's anti lightsaber, but he knows how to use it. Traitor! Like my yeah. goodness! Like again, they have so well improved on a decent um, design. Like I, I think the Empire and stormtroopers are a decent villain and, and villainy uh, design, right? Mm-hmm. But to be fair. In order for the plot to work, in a lot of cases, the Empire it has some failings to it, right? Yes. You get quantity over quality kind of issues. Not with the First Order. No, they, they've got quantity and quality. Exactly. And I like that fusion. I like that. And, you know, we get one of the coolest looking characters of all time. I'm sure that Michael will be upset if we don't mention her. Captain Motherfreaking Phasma. Yeah. Coolest thing on two legs. The coolest bucket head to enter since Boba Fett. Right. That's a little right. generous. But and no, but yes. I love I love me some Phasma. I love a senselessly uh shiny uh yes. trooper. <laughs> I love 
Okay, it's and, a small thing, but I love the non-overly feminized armor. Right. She is I she love a lady. That so much. She's she, in armor. Yeah, like my goodness. It's not supposed to like nip and tuck. It's supposed to protect you. Right. Why you're, would it have boobs? You're not modeling on TikTok. You are overthrowing a regime. Not Come that on. there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you can look good doing both, exactly. right? Like um I think that uh female Mandalorian armor, uh especially in Mandalorian season two. Makes Great sense. example of uh, a very sleek design, a very, uh, I don't even want to say womanly, because it's not necessarily that, mm -hmm. but it, it's clearly intended for it's a female for form. Yeah. yeah, but it's not like overtly sexual. It's not uh, yes. senselessly feminine. It's practical. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as Phasma, she just looks good. She just looks she cool. She just looks like Wendell um, Christie. Love her so much. And, and for no good reason. Like, she she has no business being as cool as she is. No, she's got she a does nothing. spear. <laughs> she's so cool. Right. Um, why they wasted her, I don't know. I don't know. At least the last Jedi improved. But yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, because you don't have a character look that cool and do nothing. Well. A a unless you're J.J. Abrams, I guess. Well. Um, you do it a few times if you're J.J. Abrams. But at least she looks cool. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so, um, yeah, I love the the first order, the overall design, the overall theme. The only thing I wish was a little different, although I like the improvements they've made on Tie Fighters, because even that they were like, "Hey, they need hyperspace. Hey, uh, they need better guns and shielding." Mm -hmm. Like, okay, cool. I get you're improving a design, but the Tie Fighter was not like the best Starfighter. No, you could have felt free to design a new one. It was made of scrap metal. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's a ball and wings. Yeah. Like we can do better, guys. But okay, I'll let's give it Let's make it, it a gunner, you. right? Like let's let's add another seat in there. Uh, yeah. Oh, that that, that really was cool. good. Good job, General good job, Hux. Guys. Um, no. Speaking I, of General Hux, General. Oh yeah. While we're on a roll, Dominic Monahan. Fantastic. No, not Dominic no, Monahan. No, 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 no. What's his name? I don't remember. He's okay. a Weasley. <laughs> Weasley. He's a Weasley. He plays Charlie Weasley, I think. He's one that's on screen for like. Five seconds. Which sure. is not supposed to be the way. Oh, of uh, course not. He has much more in the book. Yeah. He's a freaking werewolf and they don't talk about that. Right. And he marries Fleur Delacour. Um, good. Yeah. I, I thought that was great casting because oh. he is yes. a fantastic actor. Hang on. It's going to bug me. You vamp for a second while I look up his name. Okay. Um, I mean, his speech alone, that whole scene, again, and that's why I say, like, clearly he believes in the cause um, that the Republic is evil mm -hmm. um i don't they they never really get into much of that we were not close at all no i domo gleason i i, I, I that's where the dom came from dominic yeah. domino I, I knew i knew i was thinking right at, at one point yeah um but yeah, but yeah I, great casting fantastic casting like before this all i had seen him in was black mirror which mm -hmm. he does a fantastic job yeah of black you actually mirror. get to see him act in that right well yeah i'm just saying he does he do good job he does. Um, he's just very he's a, quiet. He's a good actor. Unless he's speeching. Um, yeah, and so I think he's great for that just like sleazy, clearly a military brat kind of, uh, you know, leader, um, clearly with a, a superiority complex and trying to prove himself and all this. His, his and Kylo's chemistry is great. Mm -hmm. um, and that and obviously the payoffs that we get in the later films as well. Oh, absolutely. And so um, I thought. I, I enjoy everything about uh, about the First Order. Absolutely. I, I think the First Order was very well done. It was definitely an improvement. 
Yeah, and and again, when you're thinking of, all right, who's our bad guys going to be? I mean, to be fair, what's more iconic than the Empire, but what Mm -hmm. if the Empire was actually good at their jobs? (laughs) Thus, the First Order is born. Exactly. And so, um, and then, uh, I mean, uh, of course, involved in the First Order, but not necessarily First Order, uh, is, of course, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Um, I, I love the villain of Kylo Ren. I love the reveal that he's a Skywalker in this first movie. Yeah, I I enjoy because I mean obviously you see this masked dude who 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 is this who dares be yeah. the next Vader right and that's his it, grandson and it's funny that that's literally a plot point of like seriously you're supposed to be the next Vader yeah um but uh yeah and of course um you got Adam Driver doing a just amazing job just incredible. Um, but yeah, I love how it introduces, hey, your father's Han Solo. Yeah. You're, you're Leia and Han's son. You are mm-hmm. a Skywalker. You're Darth Vader's, quote unquote, grandson. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I love that connection instantly because you expect the, the hero of the story to be a Skywalker. Exactly. And not this time. Well, not yet. True. And, yeah. and to be fair, obviously, Vader had been a villain, but... Before we really knew it, I mean, and and Luke Skywalker was still the hero of the story. So where's the hero Skywalker in this? Well, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. There, exactly. Luke's gone. Leia's trying. Yeah. Um, and she's traumatized. And meanwhile, um, this fallen son of theirs is leading, or uh, or helping lead, um, this evil uh, Empire mm-hmm. Junior. And I love so much what they give themselves to build upon through dialogue between uh, Leia and Han. Is like, no, it was Snoke. He seduced our son to the dark side. How we do that? How mm-hmm. how, how we go? How did he? How? Show yeah. me. Well, because obviously they're not going to do prequels, right? You're you're not going to come back uh, in twenty years and do movies and fill in this gap and be like, oh, this is the story of little. Little Benny Solo, like <laughs> no. So I love little Benny. Solo. They have to fill it in as they yeah. go, and we even we get more throughout all the films, especially. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's oh, not bad expository dialogue. Yeah, the fall of Kylo, we get explained here, and that he was seduced to the dark side by Snoke, mm-hmm. who is this mystery character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Much to, like the Emperor, took the internet by storm. Uh, it just goes to show what what the internet would have been yes. seeing Empire Strikes Back when the Emperor shows Dude. up in that. You know, who's the Emperor? Who's that? I bet that's Luke's dad or or whatever. <laughs> like, who knows what ridiculous stuff they would have come up with yeah. back then? Um. So, I'm going. To, I'm going to talk about it. I, I mentioned it earlier to you off mic, but I'm going to go ahead and say that way back in 2015, I straight up called it. I I knew as a casual Star Wars fan because it made sense narratively that Palpatine was behind uh, Kylo hearing. You're his saying you called voice. that back in 2015. I I remember I I talked about it on the podcast. We didn't do that till 2018 though. No, it, it was it was after if it was after the last. It Jedi. was when you're right. It was when we were doing the podcast. Okay, yeah, so I know, in I, 2018. I called it. Yes. There you go. <laughs> I just wanted to get the timeline right. But yeah. yes, you did in that it was Palpatine orchestrating speaking the entire through. Thing. Yeah. We didn't have much of a a full it, it spirit, but like it was actually him. No, but it we, was a bull honky theory that I just looked at you and said, what if it's Palpatine? 
but you hold yeah you were all in <laughs> on it's definitely not darth vader talking to him yes and i thought that was great and obviously it proved true yeah and so there you go, go. back and listen to an old listen episode to every of the episode and eventually you'll find it and let us there know which go. one um but yeah and and i love that we do get that payoff we don't have yeah. to dance around it because i mean um, it's so we have all of the movies you've you should have seen them all if you are listening mm-hmm. to this but yeah it proves that palpatine was the voices in kylo's exactly. head and ben's head and i i know that a lot of people think that the ashes that the the helmet is sitting in is the ashes of the temple i i've seen the theory ah. a few times before but i think it's ashes from moraband personally I think it would make sense. I literally when we were just watching it there when I because again it's one of those things you think about watching this continually um I was like what if it's like his Jedi robes or something but then I was also like but this is some random interrogation chamber on Starkiller base why would he put something that important there I like yeah oh in general like I get what they were going for of a threatening aesthetic and I, I want that to mean something, but then again, I'm always co- I'm always coming back to, but it's on Starkiller base in an interrogation. Like, is that his yeah. interrogation room? That would make it completely does different. Does he just carry some ashes around? Right. Like, does he just like, hey, I need you to get, I... get, bring in the pillar. Uh, did you remember <laughs> to pack my ashes? I need my ashes. It goes with my aesthetic. I really got to scare this chick. I've seen so many theories. I've seen the theory of it's ashes from Vader's funeral pyre, which how would they get that? And again, why would that just be in exactly. the inter like the 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 normal interrogation chamber is what bothers me. Mm-hmm. If that is an interrogation chamber like off the suite, like it's just like, oh, there's the spa, uh, there's my closet, there's where I stand half nude, uh, and then there's my <laughs> interrogation chamber. You want to check it out? Uh, like unless <laughs> unless it's that, yeah, it doesn't make sense for me to be for it to be important. I like the moribund theory though. I, I want it to be important. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I want it to be something like, oh, like the the ashes that that Maul um, had his vision through and everything. Yes. I, I want it to be important, um, and it would make sense that it would be something like that, something connected to the Fourth and the Force and the Sith, because like his whole thing is, I got to stay dark. I've got to stay evil because that's who mm-hmm. I am. I'm a monster. I'm evil. I have to live this kind of life. I can't be good. Good is a lie. Like yeah, you know that's his struggle and played so well very well bad you don't even need it i mean obviously it digs deeper in later movies but you have everything here yeah. to understand that this is a, a an a person who is inherently good struggling to pretend to be evil because mm-hmm. he believes these lies about himself he is a child wearing his grandfather's cape who wants desperately to play if your villain. grandfather was hitler um, yeah, basically. I don't want to equate Darth Vader and Anakin to that, but no. you know what I mean. Like, if your dad was space evil, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, like he's a kid playing dress up. Yeah, that's and, essentially who Kylo and Ren Snoke is. Snoke calls that out in the in the next mi- movie, where it's just like, do like just take stop. off the helmet. Like, I know you're doing your emo thing, but I've also got a plot here. <laughs> just stop. Yeah, um, yeah it, I. I I love the struggle of it because, again, it it does still deal with that identity. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, Darth Vader had those moments where Luke, with Luke where he's like, no, I'm not Anakin, I'm Darth Vader, I'm not Anakin, I'm Darth Vader. Like, this is more so, like, we don't see in the original trilogy Darth Vader struggling with that. No. 
he legitimately believes he's Darth Vader, not Anakin Skywalker. And it's not until the final moments uh, in episode six that he comes around and says, no, yeah, I'm Anakin Skywalker. I am a Jedi like my son after me. Like in, in this, it's more so you see the struggle. You see what it what what the the uh, the difficulty is for him to have this poor self image that's only tacked on by this person that wants to abuse and use his power mm-hmm. uh, because he's useful if he's hurting he's useful if he's broken and evil uh, and that's Snoke's and and, and by yeah. extension Palpatine's whole thing. It's that it's the line from Maz of I've lived long enough to see the same eyes in. In several people or whatever it is. But you look at Kylo Ren. You see the eyes of Anakin Skywalker. too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I love. I saw something um, way back when that I keep saving on my phone that was uh, breaking down the trilogies of um, it's like the origin like uh, uh, it's Anakin's beginning Anakin's fall and Anakin's legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Anakin is the chosen one, and he is the through thread of all of this, right? Yeah. Um, and and absolutely, this sequel trilogy, and particularly Ben's whole struggle and existence as a character, uh, is the legacy left of of this chosen one. Yeah. Um, who believes that his grandfather was the chosen one because of his evil and power, not because of his good naturedness and, exactly. and selflessness. Um, and and so I love those themes as well of how legacy can get so twisted by the people that tell our stories. Um, You know, all it takes is Palpatine and Snoke coming in and saying, you know, like, no, how good was Anakin compared to Vader? Like he did so much more as Vader that was good for this galaxy and all this other stuff. All he had to do was kill his humanity. Well, he was Vader longer. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, they're about. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, absolutely. But that's all it takes is someone manipulating a, a um you know an, a, a weak person or a person dealing with identity crisis um you know obviously palpatine helps him find his identity uh in a way that works towards his means of control yeah and that i guess he just wants to be space hitler again it just goes to show it's who you hear the story from absolutely do you hear it from the people who it a great many things you will find based on your point of view. I, that's you not got, the line. You, you got I got there. it. You I got it, it. essentially. Yeah. There, you will find that a great many of the truths that we hold to depend greatly on your you, point of view. You got the view. important point. There you go. Um, and Kylo is looking at it from the perspective of the people who thought that they knew Darth Vader. They were the people who manipulated Darth Vader into becoming Darth Vader instead of hearing the redemption story that really only Luke could tell if we're being honest with ourselves. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so uh, it has a lot to do with who's feeding him what. And uh, and again, yeah. at at the same time, while he's dealing with all these very normal and relatable things with a struggling family and this undue pressure to succeed and he's not gonna have two life days. Right. Yeah, it's like all it, Palpatine knows how to take advantage of a hurting person for sure, yes. especially a hurting Skywalker. And so he takes um, broken children. Yeah. And and that's what's so great about this um, trilogy as a whole. And and it's and 
no doubt you see the makings of it here and that uh, Kylo and, and um, or Ben and Ray are such two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. They're both dealing with this idea of who they are and who the universe is, right? And their point in it um, and, and how that ends up playing out. And they're both mm-hmm. rejecting it, right? Um, they ben, both need someone to show them their place. Yeah, Ben is rejecting the light that is in him in favor of dark and power because he believes that's what's right and good for him. And Ray is, you know, rejecting the truth she knows about herself and her legacy uh, in favor of hoping that um, her good uh, parents will come back and they'll be a good family and a normal family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she wants... She wants the mundane. She wants the normal. She doesn't want uh, the legacy um, uh, of Palpatine. Whether or not she really knows it's Palpatine or not, she doesn't want all the specialness and everything. She rejects the Skywalker saber when she gets the chance. She mm-hmm. she isn't jumping at the opportunity to go find Luke. She wants to get back to Jakku, get back to her comfortable, and wait for her good little family to come back and get her and, and say, no, you were wrong. You were That was a fever dream. We're normal. Mm-hmm. Look at me. No lightning. You're okay. You know, when in reality she knows there's something about her yeah. um, that's different. And that's the whole thing is like both of them know something about themselves that they want to deny. Yeah. I and love so, that so much. And that's what's so great. I mean, they they so literally. Yeah. And they're literally dressed up in opposing colors. They've got very similar themes through both costumes. Um, and both similar themes musically too. Mm-hmm. And so, like all throughout, they were they have been intrinsically linked as the main characters of this trilogy, mm-hmm. and, and I love them both for it. They're complete story. It's hard to appreciate all of it in just the Force Awakens, but I love, yeah. um, especially the more times I've watched it since, um, you know, as a whole trilogy, with the whole story to go back and see how much of the Rise of Skywalker is in the fi- Force Awakens, yeah. how much of the Last Jedi is in the Force Awakens. And no, I don't mean literally, but I mean obviously, if you. If you continue a story, you're going to make the things that appeared before it make sense retroactively. Everything about The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker supports and upholds and expands on The Force Awakens. It, like, I I can't see the trilogy the way some people think of it or see it in that it was just a jumbled mess and disorganized and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I see a very connected story and a very meaningful story. I agree. Uh, especially as it as it revolves around Ben and Ray. And Ben and Han. Yeah, good point to bring him up. Yes, got to. I I have to bring up my favorite scene in the movie. Sure. Uh, because every time you hear that Ben from down the hallway, I jump every single time. It does mm-hmm. not matter it's a, it's if a, I'm paying attention they, or not. They did that really well. Yes, they did. Um, it, it was fantastic sound design. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's not a threatening name no <laughs> it's like you know it's not it's not anything special or crazy but it's a father calling out to his son and it sounds exactly like that exactly. It, it's so it's so well done on harrison's point oh 100 um and you get the first instance of one of my favorite themes all throughout um the sequel trilogy as a whole is ben solo getting forgiveness where he does not deserve it Mm-hmm. From the people who he hurt the most. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, you get the first instance of the face touch, which is lovely and always makes me tear up a little bit. 
Um, that is the point of no return where Kylo Ren and Ben Solo first butt heads, in my opinion. Uh, it is the equivalent of the line in The Phantom Menace of Shmi looking at Anakin and saying, don't look back. Mm-hmm. But then he does. And if yeah. that moment had not happened, I think everything would have been fine. If Han Solo had not gone out onto that bridge and had a moment with his son, not Kylo Ren, there was no confrontation that was going to happen. Ben Solo would have never existed again. No, and I mean, arguably would have died on, like, I was thinking about that watching this of like the, like that moment he takes of, do I do something? Isn't because, is he going to listen to me? No, it's because, can I really leave this planet that we've just set up for destruction? Like they, like they were planting bombs. They were going to bomb the oscillate. Like they were going to destroy Starkiller base. That was the plan. Am I going to leave here knowing I could have said something to my son before that? Yeah. Um, you know, it was that idea of either either this I'm leaving here without him, he's leaving here without me, or neither of us are leaving. Exactly. Um, and so that moment of I've got to do something and leading to that, that and, and you talk about a dyad, like this in the scene in The Rise of Skywalker for me are two of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Um I love it so much because it is it is a rhyming uh, mirror of itself. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's a chance to relive the moment you uh, rejected your chance at forgiveness and redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but um, yeah, like I I love that. Legitimately, he opens up and so, I I don't know I don't know if I have the strength to kill you or the strength to run. From the dark side. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have the strength to do anything. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having that moment where he really does realize it, it's as easy as the flick of a switch um, to continue to be Kylo. To be mm-hmm. this thing I think I am. Um, and, and, and yet, like you said, and I love that you brought that up. I, I, I like that. Yeah, every time. Although he rejected and and scoffed at the idea of these people forgiving him, my mom would never forgive me. My dad doesn't care. Luke yeah. Luke hates me. Um, like every one of them, selflessly going after him and, he and does, proving him wrong. He doesn't get the satisfaction of killing any of them except for, of course, his like, dad. Arguably, he doesn't get the satisfaction of that either. No, because it sticks with him so greatly it almost breaks him which which is the whole point that that as a struggling man it's just that idea of like no i can do these things i can be bad and then when it's finally the time to do it yeah yeah you did it but you proved how good you were and how much it hurt you to do it Mm -hmm. like a true psychopath a true evil person doesn't care about doing evil but a a person that's lying to themselves that is is having a crisis, no, they're affected by the things they do, mm-hmm. um, and that's what shows he had a humanity through it all. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, he redeemed himself, but think of all the things he did. Yeah, but think about mm, how much it hurt him. Yeah, knowing his character, he, although because ex- it's exactly what he wants, and that you don't see the struggle, but he he definitely lingered with all of. Mm-hmm. everything he wrought all of that he struggled to keep um his feelings suppressed yeah. and everything 
I I say a lot that at some point I want a story about Cody after Order 66 where he's dealing with, you know, the aftermath. I want a story about Kylo Ren being kept awake by nightmares because of what he's done as Kylo Ren. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like why Vader had the uh, meditation chamber. All, all that he was doing in his meditations was suppressing Anakin. Yep. And similarly, um, I think um, Ben went through the th- same things as Kylo. Yep. That was the point of the mask. I think people don't Absolutely. get that sometimes, is that you can physically distance yourself from what you're doing. It's that inner compartmentalization where... I put I, on the mask, I'm Kylo. Exactly. Kylo is doing these things. I don't have to deal with it. Because technically, I didn't do right. it. It was Kylo All Ren. I have to do is make sure people don't know about Ben. Exactly. I mean, Anakin. If they don't see Ben, they don't know Ben. Anakin as Vader did exactly the same thing. And exactly. that's and that's such a thing of, of the dark side and, and the realities, obviously, that a fictional world speaks to. And it, it, for us, is like we can do those things. We can cover up and mask things uh, about ourselves and pretend to be something we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and although there's no light side, dark side, ultimately that leads us to live a life that's just a lie and a sham and ultimately bad for us and anyone that comes in contact with us. If we're not living honestly, we're not living well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Um, in order to keep this from becoming the, the Kylo show. But it's such um, a good show, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and it goes to show, like, I, I guess a big, big thing for us is Kylo. Yeah. Uh, ben Solo's journey. Um, uh, ben and Ray both. Although um, Ben and Kylo, that like that whole relationship is strong throughout the films for me. Uh, Ray's becomes more important with each film for me. Agreed. Um, so whereas here, I really uh, enjoy her and her perspective and everything. Like, yeah. we're getting, she was surprising. We're getting glimpses. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, it's that surprise, like, it's just like, oh, okay. So she's the okay. Jedi. Cool. Yeah. Um, but we're not really digging into Rey. And obviously that's the job of the last Jedi when she spends all this time with Luke, uh, and everything. But, um, here it's just, a, it's very introductory. It's very yeah. much, but it's so good too. And that it, it helps you get pulled in as the viewer. I think mm-hmm. by having such a character that takes you by surprise so much and, and, feel so fun and relatable um while also seemingly have some yeah ulterior you can see that there's something under the surface yeah absolutely uh and obviously that's what the next next films are for what i love so much about ray and the force awakens is not just her strength but also her vulnerability Mm -hmm. like you see that so many times especially in maz's castle where you see her desperately trying to cling to something and be like, I know, I know what I'm doing. I know what this is. Yeah. When in reality, she has no clue because this is all new. Yeah, that's really good. Like, you don't. S- she has abandonment. I, I'll issues. say through other media, you see Luke struggle with the responsibility uh, a bit more. But in the films, for the most part, a lot of it's pretty exclusive to moments in mm-hmm. episode five and six, right? For the most part, he kind of just goes along with Ben, goes on this adventure. And now he's a commander in the rebellion. Like you see him kind of go with it, and I'm not saying that's bad. I, I like I get it. He wanted the adventure. He wanted those things. Ray didn't. Mm-hmm. So seeing her struggle to be the hero, yeah, um, throughout all of these films is such a good and refreshing thing. I think. And you get those fantastic little moments of you know 
her looking out the viewport of the Falcon and being like, I've never seen this much green in the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. That is an incredible moment for her character. Yeah. And you get that that loving moment like I get with uh, Omega where she's staring at hyperspace. Right. It's that same face of this is something new. Yeah. This is something that I've never seen before. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Is it worth giving up everything I've ever known for, you know, this? Yeah. And that that's just the beginning for her. Mm-hmm. She sees so much more than that. And I, I, I love Ray as a... I, I don't think she's naive in the slightest, but I think, well, I guess maybe in some, she's innocently naive. She's innocent. To a point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She is the manifestation of the light side of, you know, a heart full of so much love and joy. Yeah. And power. Absolutely. Big time power. Um, that I, I but just, that I love she to see can it. choose and does choose to use. Uh, in a positive way. Exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, that's I like what makes them a dyad. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say. Like, that that was there all along. Exactly. Uh, in my opinion. Like, I see... And that's why that story point works, right? Is because they're so linked. Even in this first film, they're, it's so obvious they're connected. It goes on to explain how, though. Yeah, um, there's dyads in every trilogy. Yeah, so, and I mean, look, listen, that, that's because we choose to see it that way, right? You can choose to be like, nah, that's stupid. They, they just added that in later. And I'm like, oh, oh sure. If Go that's for what, it. You, if, if, that's, if that's how you're watching the movies, okay. But the way I see it, it's it's there. It, it's it's there throughout. Um, so, uh, The Last Jedi specific, or not The Last Jedi, no, The Force <laughs> Awakens specific, because in talking about two characters that are so, so much important better. to the trilogy, it's it's hard to stick to just the film itself. Yes. Um, unfortunately. But um, I will say that this was the uh, film that made X-Wings cool. Yes, it did. It made For, X-Wings very cool. I, I love the action and dogfights and space battles of this film And so arguably much. one of the coolest pilots. Yeah, Poe Dameron. Absolutely. Um, which, another great introduction really fun character and yeah one of them one of the best pilots out there one of the most queer-coded characters (laughs) in the sequel trilogy if we're being honest as the fandom continues to to cheer yes yes um you cannot tell me that boy is straight i can't tell you anything because they haven't explored it but i will say that he's explored i you know i i don't really care either way like however it turns out i mean um I, it doesn't bother me because um, I, I don't see that being a big thing. Uh, like what, when I say big thing, I mean like I just I don't know. He's always going to be Poe regardless mm-hmm. of of if and who he partners with. So I just like yeah, I don't know. Sure, and I'll say you know at, as a queer person, it is very easy for fellow queer people to look at characters and be like, "That's one of us. And, He's family." And that's that fine. kind of thing. Like I don't see. I, I some people get so bent out with that and i mean listen i like internet shipping i can get has given a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth where it's just like uh stop pushing things Meh. but like at the same time i'm just like eh, if people are in relationship they're in relationship if they're not i'm not generally thinking about it and that's why mm-hmm. i say that's why i say he's always going to be poe dameron to me no matter what happens so yeah. that's why i'm also like 
you know, I, I, I enjoy a lot of the storm pilot stuff because it, it's, it's so cute. It, it, uh, well, uh, as with a any, lot anything, is. a lot of it is very innocent and cute and it's just people, you know, yeah. wishfully thinking. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it would be completely different if he and Zori were a thing, right? Yeah. If he definitely. and another character were a thing and, and, um, no, it's like, no, this is the narrative. Like, I, okay, but there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There, we get the only indication we get is that he's a smooth talker with anyone. So exactly, who knows? I, he is you know, the Captain Jack Harkness. He is. Oh well, no, that's not even fair because Jack is way across the spectrum on all he of it. He is. He will. He will flirt the pants off of anyone. Anything. Poe's just Poe's just slick. He's charismatic. It just works, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I I love him. I love, and and it's partly due to him and his his action sequences that for me it's just like whoa yeah. x-wings are really cool yeah and you know a small thing which kind of goes into what i was saying earlier is he is very physically affectionate person for a man which is neat to see in male characters like and I, very modern yeah i love it like you, you you know with amongst amongst friends nowadays men are a lot less toxically masculine As about they it should be touch a, your friends it's it's not just fist bumps and handshakes it's it's you know it's hugs it's it's you know it's it's a a deeper affection and that's kiss fine. on the mouth <laughs> right come on then. And then they kiss um so yeah i i i think that's what's so great about this too is that um it's it it's still uh truly and completely star wars um, but it does get to benefit from some advancements mm-hmm. in, in film and history and, and culture and everything in that it, you know, it, it does really get to be a modern Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that's so great because um, although there's nothing terribly generationally specific about any of them, it it is really nice to feel like this belongs to a generation. Yeah. And, you know, you get the very great line of stop taking my hand. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you get to put those things in because that's where we're at now. Yeah. We, well, that's how we've advanced as a society. That would have been a Leia line if it had been made today. Absolutely. Because um, it's not to say that um, feminism and equality uh, and inclusivity hasn't always been a part of Star Wars, but the ex- the acceptance of what that means mm-hmm. has changed in society. And so, um, for sure, it's only improved over a time, the message of Star Wars and everything. Yeah. And we also get Poe's boyfriend, one of the best characters, I think, of the sequel trilogy and of Star Wars in general. I love Finn yeah. so dang much. Mm-hmm. He is such a good character. And such a... He is, I, if I'm being honest, I would say the Luke Skywalker of this movie because he is a reluctant hero. Sure. He doesn't want to be involved necessarily, but dang it, he's gonna. He definitely just wants to go to Tashi Station and get some power converters, is all <laughs> I'm saying. is like, he doesn't want to go back to Jakku. Yeah. Which, where all of our other characters are like, we gotta go back to Jakku. We got to, we gotta do something. We have to, you know, make the universe better. He's like, I just want to go away. I just, I just want to get away from this. Yeah, well, similarly to... Uh, ben and Ray, who are rejecting a part of their identity, he is too. In that, no, he's not a stormtrooper, but 
the reason he's not a stormtrooper is because he's inherently a good person. Yeah. He's too good to be a stormtrooper. And, but he's rejecting that in self-preservation mode of, no, I just got to get out. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't have time to be a good person. The first order won't, won't uh, deal with that. Won't yeah. accept that. I've got to, I've got to escape while I can. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to head cannon right now. I zhu out of my forehead. Um, in the beginning, the reason he felt that so hard of the yeah it was the, the force it was the force absolutely i i don't care what anyone says that was him experiencing something a moment with the force being like this is wrong number one number two feel the suffering that is being created absolutely yeah specifically well I, I, you know at my first battle i uh you know couldn't do it i, I walked away like mm-hmm. he hasn't experienced that much carnage and death before and so, yeah, it would be, it makes sense that the dark side is strong there and that's what caused him to seize up mm-hmm. and realize, wait, something's wrong. And he thinks, of course, that's the first order, but, you know, later comes to understand that, no, this is bigger. This is more spiritual than just mm-hmm. uh, uh, sides and military and, and winning and everything. This is uh, about people. Yeah. Where I think, you know, with Jana and the other stormtroopers, that was more of a moral decision. Absolutely. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and both are valid. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, both are on very different journeys. I mean, yeah. And so, but yeah, definitely. I, I love Finn and I love the hints we get here that get proven later that, you know, he is a Jedi. He yeah. is he is a force sensitive. He is a he's a knight mm-hmm. uh, in a shiny armor in the beginning, but eventually just as a dude, he's yeah. a knight. Um, Do I wish that there had been more done with him? Absolutely. I wish we would have seen more of him as a force user. But that's not what we got. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a shame that it's bound to happen and that you, you choose to lean on uh, specific characters uh, and everything and obviously leaving some to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is what we got uh, still remains yeah. impactful and good, and uh, we can do so much more with that, and expect so much more of that, and and continue to enjoy what we have, and hope for more and everything. It's, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we're done with any of these characters, but definitely Absolutely not done not. with Finn. And uh, I I love so much that the holiday special canonized some uh, things, um, so that when Finn does come back, we know he's coming back as a Jedi and as mm-hmm. an integral. Uh, character uh, regardless and, and and as his own character because he grew to that point to be um, definitely very affectionate and accepting of, of, of this new family he's gotten but also independent mm-hmm. uh, he eventually grew to independence and, and um, I definitely think he gets a great start here yeah. and I think where he lands in the end whether we see it all on screen or whether some of it's you know in context Regardless, I think he ends out in the trilogy as a great and solid character as well. Absolutely. And not just independence, confidence as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Big time confidence. Absolutely. General. All right. Um, well, we've talked away our time. And I think <laughs> some of it was about The Force Awakens. Um, but uh, definitely let us know. Hit us up on the social medias and all that good stuff. And let us know your thoughts on The Force Awakens um, and opinions uh, of anything we said today. Um, Hopefully, uh, most of it made sense and was on topic. It definitely relates all back to The Force Awakens, but clearly we enjoy these characters and have such big 
thoughts about them that it's hard to contain and keep terribly streamlined. Yes. Um, but we we love The Force Awakens. We love Star Wars. Uh, and we uh, would love to hear about how you love Star Wars and The Force Awakens specifically as well. And so, like mentioned, uh, social medias are in the description. We'll be back uh, the week after next with uh, The Last Jedi. Yes, yes, we will. In between, we are going to be talking about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy on our Nerdyverse series. So, uh, alternating between superheroes and Mm -hmm. Star Wars uh, for the remainder of the year. So, hopefully enjoy and tune in for all of that goodness. And we'll... Be in your ears we'll later. On the flippy dip, baby. Yeah, we'll we'll be there when we be there.